You're listening to audio from Century Baptist Church. To connect with us, visit centurybaptist.org or download the Century Baptist Church app. You can be seated, and as you're doing that, we're just going to, good old Christmas tradition of having some time for the kids so we're gonna ask if you've got a preschooler and they're bold enough if they want to come down here and hang out with Melanie and I you can send them down if they need to send a big brother or big sister with them too that's fine or the or the or the fun uncle right. why don't you guys have a seat yeah wherever you want okay <laughs> this is usually how my life goes here's how we're gonna do it and then you guys do otherwise all right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for being here this morning. Welcome to Century. We're so glad that we get a chance to come together. And uh, I will tell you, there's nothing more anxiety-inducing in a pastoral staff than way more people than we can fit in a room, than more than we have chairs for uh, or candles. Uh, but it is great that we get a chance uh, to be together. I just want to share a little story. In my head, when I was planning this out, this is not how I planned it. So I'm going to go up here if you guys are cool with it, but then you're going to have to turn around. Oh, this is going to be crazy. Okay, let me, let me just tell you, uh, let me tell you really quick. A, a long time ago, before, before your mom and dad were ever here, before grandma and grandpa were ever even great grandma and grandpa, when people gave gifts, are you guys excited about getting gifts at Christmas? Yeah, me too. When people gave gifts to each other, it was such a long time ago, there was no such thing as wrapping paper or tape or ribbon or anything like that. So what people would do as a gift, I'll just show you, I'm going to use my Bible. People would take cloth and they would wrap up a special gift maybe in, in something like, like some cloth. Did anybody have any presents under your tree right now that are wrapped in cloth? You don't? You open yours already? Come on. Do, do your mom and dad know that? So, so here's what people would do. Then, then in order, because they didn't have tape, then what they would do is they would take strips of cloth and they would wrap it around the gift. And then what they would do is they would, they would tie a bow on, on the gift and, and it would hold everything nice and tight. But, but when you would see that, that there was a bow on top of something, you knew that there was something pretty special inside, right? That there was a gift. That's why, we, that's why we have bows that we put on all of our gifts now because it's just, it's always been there, but it's a reminder that this is a gift. It's something special for you. And inside is something really, really special. Today, uh, in a little bit, I'm going to talk uh, from the Bible. I'm going to tell about when the angels came and visited the shepherds and they told the shepherds to go to Bethlehem because that's where they were going to find the baby Jesus. And they said, this is how you're going to know because he's going to be in a manger. That's like what you'd use to feed the horses where you put the hay. But also inside the manger, inside uh, of the, the, some cloth, all wrapped up nice and tight, you're going to find a baby. And it is Jesus, and he's the Savior of the world. So they were going to find cloth, and inside the cloth was going to be something incredibly special. 
Swaddling cloth is what it was. It was was these strips of cloth that they would use to wrap up babies to keep them nice and tight. At night, do you like to throw a blanket around you and get all nice and snuggly? Because it feels safe, right? And that's what they would do. And and usually those, those strips of cloth were also used to wrap up baby lambs when they were born, especially ones that were going to be used uh, uh, in the temple for very special services because we know that those lambs had to be perfect and had to be spotless. So the shepherds needed to keep them nice and safe and nice and tight because there was something special inside. When the shepherds saw it, And they saw the baby wrapped up in those swaddling cloths. They told everybody about it. And then they went out and they began to sing and they began to praise and they began to tell everybody that they saw about the baby Jesus, that there was something special inside. I've got a a really big gift up here. Are you interested in knowing what it is? Yes. All right, let me show you. It's, It's pretty cool. Ready? Here we go. Yeah, thousands of bows. Yeah, here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you to take one of those bows, and I want you to peel off the the sticker that's on the back. Did you not get anybody? (laughs) That's my nephew. He's like, we're used to this. This is every day at our house. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take, because remember, when you see a bow, you know that that means there's something pretty special inside. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16, that God loved you so much that he gave his son, the baby Jesus, that you would have life and that that life would be full of joy. So what I want you to do is to take that bow, peel that sticker off if you can, and just put it right on anywhere you want to on yourself. And I want you to remember this Christmas that... That, that first of all, God loved you so much. That means that, that you're pretty special. But also that he gave you his son, Jesus Christ, that you would know. That, that you can have him as, as Miss Melanie teaches you all the time. That you could have him as a friend forever. That, that you would know and that people would see the joy in your life. That you would know that you're safe because you have Jesus. And that people would see the smile on your face and hear the words that you speak. And they would know that, that they too can have something special inside, a Savior, Jesus. Before we go back to our seats, uh, uh, here's what I, I, I want to do. I want to take one of these bows because I, I want to put it on somebody pretty special. And that's, that's Miss Melanie. You know, uh, just for all of you to know, uh, kids may not fully understand this, uh, here at Century, uh, our leaders... Um, kind of award, reward uh, ministry staff for uh, consec- seven consecutive years of service with a time of sabbatical rest. And so starting, I don't know, probably at 4.30 today. Right, Mel? Uh, <laughs> as soon as you're done picking up the bows. No. <laughs> uh, um, at, at, uh, at, uh, Melanie will, will be going for eight weeks uh, as a, just on a time of rest. Uh, she'll be away from ministry. We, we give her that. We're not going to bother. We're not going to call her. We're not going to weigh her down with emails and all that. But Melanie, if, if, if these are your children, and over the last 25 years or so, you've had your kids in our kids' ministry here at Century, you know the incredible amount of work 
that Melanie puts into our ministry, the amount of love that she shows each and every child to make sure that they know that Jesus wants to be their best friend. Uh, and uh, she's pretty special to us. And we'd like to keep her around even longer. And so we're going to give her this time of rest uh, where God can just do a great work in her. She can spend time with family. And we're going to pray for her while she's gone. So can you guys join me? We're going to pray for, for Miss Melanie. Will that work? All right. Let's fold our hands, let's bow our head, and let's pray. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for today. We thank you for what today represents. It is, it is your birthday, Jesus, and we celebrate it big. You are the God that came, Emmanuel, God, with us to this earth. Because, God, you love and you desire so deeply that each and every one of us would be in a relationship with you. Thanks for each and every one of these children, for everybody here today that we get to celebrate Together we ask, God, that, that you would help us all, not just today, but forever, uh, to remember what it is that you've done for us. And Father, today I lift up Melanie to you. I thank you for her and, and her incredible ministry, the way that you've gifted her and the way that she just selflessly pours herself out every day to reach kids and their families. I pray that you would bless her during this time of rest, that you would do a great and an incredible work in her. Show her things, God, in your word that she's never discovered before that would just refresh her. May she have just a great time with, with her family, with grandkids, uh, just being able to focus on you. Bring her back to us, God, uh, refreshed uh, with new insight. And, uh, and God, all of us, the ability to praise you for how much you love us and care. We love you, and we ask for your continued blessing over this time. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Okay. We're going to give this a try now. M parents are going to love this. <laughs> Melanie's got a little gift that she has for each and every one of you before you go back to your seat. You guys are having way, I'm so glad you're having way more fun with these bows than I thought. <laughs> and I'm grateful for it. And then you can go back to your seat. And we're going to keep going. My favorite Christmas carol is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Love, love singing it every year. I could sing it over and over again. But it really doesn't feel like Christmas time until we break out the Harry Connick Jr. Christmas playlist. That's when Christmas really kicks off. When we put up the decorations and the Harry's playing, that's what I love about Christmas. One of my favorite Christmas songs is The 12 Days of Christmas. It was, was written in the 1700s to help the church remember certain points of the Christian faith. When you have the five golden rings, that refers to the first five books of the Old Testament. The Ten Lords of Leaping is the Ten Commandments. And of course, one of my favorites is the end, the Twelfth Day. Uh, it, one tradition says it is the Twelve Apostles. The other tradition says it is the Twelve Points of the Apostles' Creed. One of my favorites is Carol of the Bells because that was one of the first ones my mom taught me how to play on the piano. And so whenever I hear it, I just get the, the warm fuzzies. This morning, uh, chatting with my wife, and we were just talking about the day, and she said, are you, are you nervous? And I said, I, the, kids, the kids' message. That's what I'm the most nervous about, because I have no idea how it's going to go. Right now, somebody's tuning in online or on TV and going, what in the world? Did they never clean the place? What a great reminder, right? What a great reminder uh, that, that, that Jesus, 
came to give his life up for us. And, and upon our receiving, if we just accept it, we acknowledge that he is king and we accept him, that, that we've got the reason to be hopeful, the reason to have joy, the reason to have peace. We've got something pretty special uh, in our lives. Let me read for you a text uh, today that, that uh, we, we talked about the first half last week, but today I just want to talk about the shepherds. This is what it, this is what it says. I'm just going to have you remain seated uh, uh, while I read this, but this is out of Luke chapter 2. In the same region, uh, there were shepherds out in a field keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior that is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen and all that it had been told to them. We've been in this series through the month of December, Christmas in Stereo. Uh, being surrounded by the songs of Christmas. And on Sunday mornings, we've taken a look at uh, songs like what, what Mary uh, praised God for in finding out that she was going to give birth to the Messiah. Zechariah and his praise to God for uh, having a son that would, that would be the forerunner of Jesus coming into the world. The angels last week and their glory to God in the highest. And today I want to look at, just really quickly, the song of the shepherds. We, we, we don't have details as to what their what their song sounded like they were shepherds a bunch of guys probably probably wasn't that great of a sound right but but they were glorifying and praising god you know silent night uh has been uh, covered uh, a cover of a song means that 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 a musician an artist heard a song that somebody else wrote that somebody else sang, they loved it so much that they, they decided to make it their own as well. And so they re-record it, but with their own kind of taste, their own kind of flair. And so it's called a cover of a song. My title, just for this short message that I want to give to you today, is From Cover to Classic. That, that the shepherds took what the angels had proclaimed to them. The same thing that the angel had proclaimed to Mary and to Zechariah, the angels had now heard it. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. The Savior of the world is here, Emmanuel, God with us. But Silent Night has been covered by over 4,000 recording artists. Everybody from Bing Crosby to Justin Bieber, The Temptations, Simon and Garfunkel, and yes, even Amy Grant. 4,000 times. It's the most covered song of all time. Somebody hears it, and they love it, and then they make it their own, and then they send it out to the world that everyone would be able to hear it. 
We're not sure exactly what it is that the shepherds sang that night, but I have to imagine that that if I, I mean, I get songs in my head and they, they're just always coming out. And, and I got to imagine that if you would hear angels singing and then you would go and you would bear witness to what it is they had just sung about, that's probably the song that they were singing when they, when they left. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men. The shepherds, well, we know that they, they knew what they had. When they heard the angels singing, they said, we've got to go to Bethlehem and we've got to go see this thing that the angels just told us about. They leave their flocks behind and they head into the town to see this baby that had been born. Now, there are a lot of different takes. If you study uh, the the, the Christmas story, you're going to find a lot of different angles and different takes on who these shepherds were. We We aren't exactly positive. We don't get a lot of details about them. But if we were to dig a little bit into, into ancient history, if we were to dig into ancient literature, we get a much better idea. One of the things we talk about here a lot at Century, if you're just uh, visiting with us, is we always look back. Because the Old Testament is, is always looking forward to the coming of the Savior, for Jesus' arrival. And in the first five books of the Old Testament, that was, that's known as the Torah or the law. And inside of those first five books, for the people of Israel, there are 613 rules, uh, kind of laws that God had given. This is how I want my people to live. But everybody wanted to live those out as best as they possibly could. And so, so the religious leaders would get together, all of the Jewish rabbis, and they would talk about, well, what does it mean? What, what does this law mean? And, and as they would talk about it and try to interpret it, they would come up with more laws as to how to obey that one law. And so 613 laws in the first five books of the Bible, but thousands of what was known, is known as the Mishnah, is oral law, that the, that the teachers of the day would say, this is how we believe that we need to live in order to be obedient to God. And, and one of those laws that comes out in, in the ancient Jewish Mishnah is, is that you are not allowed to raise sheep anywhere other than the wilderness of Israel. There was a law, but, but, there was, but there was also kind of this asterisk, unless you were raising the sheep that would be used for temple sacrifice. That was, that was understood by the people. Well, what we know is that the fields outside of Bethlehem are only about five miles from the holy city of Jerusalem where the temple was, where uh, sheep would be sacrificed on a regular basis on behalf of the sins of people. But it was not wilderness. So if there were shepherds who were watching their flocks by night outside of Bethlehem, uh, they would either be going against what the law said, they, they were supposed to be out in the wilderness, or these were the temple sheep that were used for the sacrifices for the sins of people, which meant that these shepherds had a very holy and specific job. Their role was to make sure that each of these sheep were, were spotless, were safe, were not bruised, were cared for and well taken care of. These shepherds knew that when they saw a sheep, they knew whether or not it was perfect and usable for sacrifice for sin or or not 
And so we have to assume, based on all of this, the culture and the law, is that, is that the shepherds, when they went into that city and they went into that uh, stable and they looked in the manger and there was, it wasn't just because the angel said it was so. But these men had an eye for spotless lambs, perfect sacrifices. Who better to be the first to bear witness to the birth of the Lamb of God? One would think that it should be, that the king should be the first to hear this news. But who better? Not, not just ones that would have an eye for it, but also shepherds were not liked by people. They were out in the fields, living in the fields, and, and oftentimes would gain this reputation of, of being thieves. They, they weren't allowed to even bear witness in, in, a, in a court of law. They couldn't be trusted. But on this night, the people heard their testimony that came from the angels, and they believed. So they come, and they see this baby lying in a manger just like the angels told them. I, I don't know about you, but, but if you kind of knew that you had that reputation, if your life was out in a field, and you knew you were doing a holy job, you were raising these sheep, but at the same time, Maybe just a longing for, man, I just would love for somebody to, to look at me and to see me and actually care. To be the ones to get the news from the angels, it's no wonder that they hurried with haste and, and went into Bethlehem. And when they arrived, they, they not only knew what they had, but they arrived and they began to share it with others. To give a testimony for what it is that the angels had told them and everything that they had Seen. And Luke tells us that as they, as they told the story, here's what the angels said. It said that, that everybody there was amazed at it. They wondered what was being said. And then it says, but Mary pondered these things and she treasured them in her heart. Well, if the others that were there heard it and were amazed by it, but Mary uh, pondered these things. If we think of our own nativity that we have at home, it's just Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. The wise men don't come for years later. Uh, who are all of these others that, that were hearing their testimony that were amazed at this? Well, what we know is that there was a census take, being taken at the time, and so everybody had to return to their hometown. And we don't always think of this and picture this in our nice, peaceful nativity, but there's probably a lot of people packed into that, to that stable. Typically, a stable was under the house of someone. And so there was no room for people to live in, but they could go, well, you can stay in the basement. It's probably packed. What an awkward scene, right? I don't think any, any woman here who gave birth to her first child within hours was probably not in her best blue robe sitting on a rock, you know. This is my child that I just gave birth to. Mary's probably, honestly, I think Mary's probably over in a corner. She probably would just love everybody to just go away. It's been, it's been quite the journey and quite the event. But here come these shepherds, and they're telling people, and they're excited about it. And everybody sat in awe. And they wondered, how can this be? Like, we, don't, we know that there's a Savior coming. We know there's a Messiah coming. But this, could this be it? And it's shepherds that are telling you. It just doesn't make sense. But it says that Mary treasured these things in her heart. And she pondered them, meaning she wondered. She couldn't grasp the fullness of all that was taking place. What does this mean and what does the future look like for my child? But these shepherds can't hold back. They give all of these details and people are blown away. 
this child? This is the Messiah? This is the Savior of the world? Mary hears this testimony and she loves it. She valued those words highly, let them sink deep as she pondered, what does this fully mean? I think it's a great question for us to ask today. All of this, what our world has has allowed Christmas to become, we can either look at it from a negative perspective or we can look at it as fantastic. The Savior of the world being celebrated, yeah, we should do as much as we possibly can to celebrate that, but we cannot forget about Him. But maybe the question you need to ask yourself today is, what does this mean for me? Well, for the shepherds, they knew what they had, and they, they went and they proclaimed it to people, and then they went away and they didn't stop singing. They just made it known to everyone. The birth of the Savior, C.S. Lewis says, is the greatest turning point in all of human history. People have been for thousands of years waiting It had been told by God in Genesis chapter 3 that there will come a Savior who will crush the head of the serpent. It will defeat the enemy and sin will be, the power of sin will be eradicated. Death will be no more. And people longed for it. They waited for it. That when the Savior would come and that it would be God himself that would do it. Today we celebrate the birth of this child that's been told to us in God's Word, this promise that God had made to all of us, all of mankind, that we would need a Savior in order to have true life, to have joy, to have peace. We have to have a Savior to come and rescue us and redeem us from our sinfulness and our selfishness and ourselves. We need a rescue that has separated us from God because He's holy And we are not. So the only one that could come that could be holy enough, strong enough, bold enough, courageous enough, beautiful enough, majestic enough, that could save us from our sin would be God Himself. And so He comes. And He lives this life. A life that we can't live. A perfect life. So that He could die the death that we can't die, which is one that's innocent. But he would go to that grave and he would defeat sin, he would defeat death and give us true life, true joy, true hope, and true peace. As Isaiah 9 prophesied, in the land of Galilee, a child will be born, a son will be given. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of his reign, there will be no end. He will reign forever and ever and he will rule with justice and righteousness forevermore. And Isaiah ends chapter 9 by saying, and it is the zeal of the Lord that will do this. The zeal. In other words, God's intense devotion and love for us is the only reason he does it. Not because we're special in any way, not because we in any way deserve this child, but because of God's zeal for us, his love, his devotion, and his passion for us. What will you do with the greatest truth that's been told to you? The message of Jesus. Do you daily just sit in amazement that the God who created the universe has come 
to this earth for us. Like Mary, do you ponder the magnitude of it and ask, so what does this mean for me? And like the shepherds, will you let it move you, let it change you, and then will you go out and will you proclaim to others all glory to God? God wants more than your wonder of the season, your amazement with the season. He wants your wonder in Him, that you would give Him your life. What I love uh, as well about these shepherds is they go away praising God, but nobody had to teach them or tell them how to do it. They, they just proclaimed it out of their own experience of what Jesus, they had experienced and being in the presence of God himself. And so I just say to us today, as we go from here, as we go out into the world, may we just go out proclaiming this incredible message of a Savior who has come, and may we give all glory to God in the highest. A light has come into this world to show us how to live in darkness. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. I pray today that not only have you seen it, but that you follow it and that you pass it on. When you came in today, you received a candle. The kids got, I think, some glow sticks. We're just going to end this service with the good old traditional singing of Silent Night as a reminder this incredible love that we've been given by God, but also the task that we've been given to go and make disciples, to tell people about Him. So as we sing, we're just going to pass uh, the light. When, just uh, some instruction. Uh, if you are receiving the, the flame, would you be the one to tilt it? Because those who have a flame, the wax is going to be hot, and if you tip it, there'll be wax all over. So uh, receive it and then pass it on to the person next to you. And we're going to close with this song.